the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He's been recognized as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings nearly 40 years of experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. If this is the first time you're joining the show, thank you. Come aboard. If you've listened to the show before, you know the show is in a couple of parts. First part of the show, we talk about estate planning and eld law, and the idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court that's avoiding probate, and as far as elder law is concerned, trying to save assets from nursing home bills. The second part of the show, we Sometimes talk about politics, history, religion. We'll see what's on for today. Um, meanwhile, as most of you know, when we start the show, we have one of the attorneys in our office join us. And today we're having Daniela back with us. And, you know, I haven't seen you in a few months, Daniela. What's what's going on? Well, I just had a baby. Right. I keep saying just, but it's in four months. So he's four months old. I just right. keep saying I just had a baby because I want to make myself believe that he's still <laughs> newborn. But... How's he doing? He's doing well. You didn't say, say the name. Oh, his name is Antonio. How'd you get that name? So my husband's Anthony, so there's way too many Anthonys in his family. So we went with the Italian version, which is Antonio. Oh, very nice. And you speak Italian, right? Yes. Oh, very, very nice. Oh, is he cute? Yes, he's adorable. Do you want to hold him all the time? <laughs> yes, he's very cuddly oh. and soft. <laughs> As a classics major, it I might, smells good. As a classics major, I might say you could have gone with Marcus Antonius, but oh dear, <laughs> what's Justin's kid's name? Marcus Aurelius or something? Like? No. Yeah, Cassius. Cassius, oh he's got you know. Picks out some weird Justin names. Yeah. All right. All right. So we got a question today for the audience. Yes, we do. So the question for today is what happens if you make a will and those who witness your will die? Do you have to do a new will? No, actually having the witnesses die is not not really a bad event. Assuming the witnesses, the will wasn't done in, you know, 40 years ago or something. But as long as there's what we call an affidavit of the attesting witness where the witnesses sign an affidavit 
saying that they saw the will signed and they signed in front of a notary, then you don't need the witnesses to probate the will. And I, I hate to say this, in some cases, even if somebody's going to contest your will, in some cases you might be better off with the witnesses passed away because nobody can cross-examine them. Um, so that's really not a problem. Now, if, if the witnesses did not sign an affidavit saying that they signed the will that day and that they saw you sign the will, then I would probably update it. And a lot depends on the circumstances, too. Like if it's a will leaving everything to two children equally, I wouldn't worry about it too much either way. But if they didn't sign that affidavit, I would probably update it. Because if, you know, in today's world, if you have any kind of delay at all in court, uh, it takes longer than it usually did just because everything's backed up, you know, because of COVID. Uh, th things are still slow. Yeah, it's better than they used to be. And, of course, a lot depends on what county you live in. But things are a lot slower than they used to be. And that's one of the reasons you don't necessarily want to rely on a will to transfer your assets. Ordinarily, you want to think about a trust, especially if you own real estate. Uh, because if you leave your house through a will, it could take years to sell that house. And of course, sometimes that gets pretty aggravating if you got a buyer and you're ready to close, but the judge hasn't signed the order yet and you're paying a mortgage or like if you've got a co-op, you're paying the mortgage and you're paying the maintenance or whatever. It can be very aggravating. You have a buyer for the for the place and you can't close because you don't have the permission from the from the court. Now, Daniela, what you're you're gonna be working mostly in Queens offices now, right? Um, I will be in Queens Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. Okay, so um and again you just where did you learn how to speak Italian? So I'm a first generation Italian. My parents were born in Italy, so they spoke to me in Italian when I was a baby, I was a child. So that's how I learned how to speak Italian. The right way. <laughs> when somebody's coming in for an appointment, first appointment, what what should they bring in? Because sometimes people get so, um, to get nervous about this kind of stuff. And a lot of times they say, well, I don't know how to, to to do a will, what should I have to bring in to do a will, and what do I need to do to, to do a will? Can you, you just tell them that? So they just need essentially a brief list of their assets, so we know exactly what they have, if there's any estate tax implications, a deed to their property, if it's an out-of-state property, we definitely need the deed um, themselves, and, you know, a list of their family members. Yeah, you know, and, you know, one of the things, too, a lot of people say, well, I don't I don't have my deed, there was a mortgage or whatever combination of facts. Um, I made improvements to my house, I don't have a copy of my deed. Well, you know, assuming you bought the property after 1964, I think it is right now, um, a copy of the deed, if you live in New York City or if the property's in New York City, we can get off the internet. Now, some of the properties outside of New York City, it's a little bit harder, but it, you, you know, people get nervous all the time how long does it take to get a copy of the deed? Let's say somebody lives in Queens. So if it's prior to 1964 or after? After. So it's online. So we just go to the New York City Acris website and we can pull it right then and there. Yeah. And we always like to look at that because sometimes, um, sometimes let's say somebody refinances or they do a reverse mortgage or they add somebody to a deed they didn't realize they added to the deed. So we always like to see the original deed 
that's on file because sometimes people do stuff with deeds they don't really realize it and it can cause complications you put your son on the deed for whatever reason and of course ordinarily we don't recommend that because a lot of bad things can happen if you let's say for the sake of argument put your son's name on the deed and then we find out that he passed away and he was married and all of a sudden his spouse may own part of the the property and that may not be great especially if that in this case she let's say she gets remarried and you know all of a sudden part of your house may go to a person that you don't even know so that's ordinarily if you own real estate why we usually recommend a, a trust in a trust it's your property as long as you're alive it works like an insurance policy the day after you're gone the person named on the insurance policy um, can cash out the policy with the death certificate the person who's named or the people who are named as beneficiaries on your trust can sell your house a few days after you're gone with the death certificate there's no court proceeding there's no waiting right now there's no estate tax death tax under six million dollars in New York State six million dollars for a husband six million dollars for a wife and as far as the federal government is concerned there's no estate tax under you know twelve million dollars for a husband twelve million dollars for a wife now in the middle of last year there were a lot of crazy ideas that were floating around but fortunately none of them really passed and we just have to hope for the best but we should be in pretty good shape over the next couple of years because um, I mean, hopefully there'll be more Republicans in Congress this fall, and it'll be better after that. Um, we've been talking about this, but then, yeah, how do you feel about 87,000 IRS agents wearing guns next year? Um, concerned. <laughs> <laughs> and they must be willing to use deadly force. That's the part that is really weird. That is on the website. That is one of the criteria. If you are going after this job, you must be willing to use deadly force. Wow. Right. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I can just imagine 87,000 IRS agents have no idea what they're doing. Are they trained to use these weapons? Deadly force. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that they'll get trained. In, but, uh, I mean, all jokes aside, like... We, we have conversations in the media all the time about police officers shooting unarmed people and everything else. And yet, unar you know, untrained IRS agents all of a sudden are being authorized to, give de to use deadly force. An accountant with a gun. I don't know. Right. <laughs> so our 89-year-old ladies. Drown it with a gun. There you go. Yeah, so 89-year-old ladies now have to be afraid that they're going to be shot while oh going goodness. through their audits next year. Well, I mean, is, are they there just to scare people? I mean, here, it is, if they come up and they say you own, um, you know, you got a small business, you're sitting in the middle of nowhere, and they don't, you know, you're, you've got a, horses, and you need to buy a new machine to get the wheat, right? So all of a sudden, yes, this happened. This is real. So one year you have big expenses because you had to buy a new truck that'll chop down your wheat. Well, anyway... The IRS audits these four, poor people. They can't afford a, a lawyer to help them say, no, this is this. So they're scared and they 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 pay, you know, whatever this uh, this agent says they're supposed to pay because it's less 
than having to get an attorney to help them. I know that that didn't sound very official. I field with that one. It's true. It is true. I'm from Texas. I know these poor people. All right. In any event, we're going to take a short break. Daniela, thank you for coming back. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors & Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it harder to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress, a home equity conversion mortgage may be the answer for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. Give me a call so our team here at Contour Mortgage can show you how the loan program works and how much you and your family may qualify for. My job is to help you find the best solution for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this mortgage program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-954-7463. Once again, that's 888-954-7463, and you could be on your way to a better retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591, Contour Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 34384, 990 Stewart Avenue, Suite 660, Garden City, New York, 11530, Licensed Mortgage Banker, New York State Department of Financial Services. Time now for Connor's Corner, where Mike takes a closer look at topics like history, politics, religion, and more. Here's Mike. get to the building. So that's why. Well, this is, look, we, we're so happy. Can you hear me on here? Yes, I can hear you, love. Yes, okay. Yes. Okay, and can you hear me on here? Yes, Michael, I can hear Okay, you. very good. And then, you know, the old man over here. Uh, Mr. Connors, <laughs> our national treasure, how are you? So happy to hear you guys. Well, yeah, how, how are you, you, how are you doing? doing? Oh, boy, it's an it's a interesting time. When I say interesting, I try to politely say, it's hectic, right? But but we'll make it because you know besides many other issues that we have here, that war in Ukraine and the lack of food and and meat and everything. Why don't we just, start uh, the interview since we're yeah to yeah things around? I'm Father, sure you, you, listen. You're going to start start, if you can start from will, um, start from the very. They told me that in America there's a huge recession too. 
and everything gets more expensive now. Right. Okay. Just give me two seconds. Mom, say a couple of Sure. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, that's good. Dad. Three, two, one. Okay. All right. Keep it at those one, levels. And I think one, two, four. One, and two, four is okay. Father, can you hear yes. me? Yes. Can you do me a favor? Because it's been a long time since you've been on our show. And yes, we, we need to hear your story from the time you got back over there. Because nobody knows what's going on. Okay. Sure, absolutely. Of Just course not. Absolutely. Start at the beginning and tell everybody what's happening. Okay. Of course, of course. All right, ready to go, Beth? I'm ready. Okay. Three, two, one. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. Right now, we're very pleased to have Father Paul, who's calling from Lebanon. Welcome back, Father. Thank you so much, my, my friends. Good to hear you, and uh, I hope everything is uh, okay with you and our uh, whoever's listening to us. Uh, all blessings for you, and uh, yes, I'm very happy to jump in and just just let you know what are we doing here and what's 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 the situation here in Lebanon, Beirut. Yeah, we haven't heard you for a long time, so you can tell us what's been happening over the last I don't know nine months. Absolutely. So as you know, um, after the explosion, uh, August 4th last year, there was a huge decline, the economic decline, the economic crisis. Of course, COVID like everywhere else. But also we discovered now that war in Ukraine, uh, that very unjustified war in Ukraine created another economic um, challenge, which is uh, access to food because wheat was sent out from Ukraine to many, many countries. So uh, we are now in a situation where uh, about soaring food pricing, which is of almost 90% of Lebanese families, they are forced to consume less or to even skip or or reduce uh, portion sizes because we don't have uh, enough amount of food because of the war in Ukraine. And uh, as you know, we, we have a lot, a lot of medical issues here and, and um, the country is actually abandoned by politicians, by the government. So everyone is trying to do something to help our neighbors or, or especially Christian community. So uh, also with what's going on, the spiking, you know, um, crude oil prices threatened to, 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 to help a lot of families because uh, once, if you don't have fuel, if you don't have energy, it's actually worsening the food uh, security. So there's a lot of hunger. People are exchanging food. They're exchanging clothes for food, especially the the, the, the kind of the north part of Lebanon. And also, we just realized, my friends, that um, a lot of Christians um, in their in their villages they don't even have access to to go to Beirut because everything is it's tremendously expensive. And as you as you know, thanks to you, I had a chance to buy a used um, ambulance and use it. So most of the time I'm actually um, moving around food than medications or medical equipment because food is number one now. And also as you remember after the explosion, everything melted down, our clinic, our medical equipment, everything. But now the crucial issue is uh, to have access to a decent meal uh, at least once per, per day. But even that is a challenge now. And uh, I, I do understand that globally, we have 
pretty much unstable situation. But um, if you think about Lebanon as, as a small country where Christians are trying to survive, there is a socioeconomic meltdown in, in, in Lebanon that that is actually also accelerated by the war uh, Ukrainian crisis. And that actually shows that we don't have any wheat reserves. We have no food reserves. Uh, there is also health sector that is actually on the verge of collapse. So we try to connect dots, you know how it is, I keep my hope alive. But to be honest with you, it's once if the food is not provided, it creates a lot of issues here, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration. Um, so we have uh, around 4 million people now, plus refugees with immediate risk of being denied access to to food, to water. So that's, that's as you know, there's no electricity on a daily basis. Um, so it's a lot of alarming issues, but I keep my hope alive because at the end of the day, I do believe Mr. Connors, Beth and Michael, that there is a reason why we are all here and we're trying to help others. So we'll make it. I'm just telling you what's happening uh, in the period of this last ninth months. I supposed to be in the U.S. and visit you and, and, and have a cup of tea with you, and I couldn't because the moment I had any money, I couldn't spend for a flight ticket. I wanted to buy food. I wanted to provide certain uh, medications. So I was postponing, postponing, postponing. But I'm, I'm glad that today I have a chance to to, to talk to you and, and, and hear you as well. But this is my story for the last nine months. Now, is there any help from the government at all over there? I know it's a stupid question, but the people over here may not. Well, actually, no, it's a great question, but absolutely no. There's no, there's no help provided. Um, I think the government gave up on us, and as you know, I'm a Franciscan friar, uh, so I do believe that St. Francis from Assisi is someone who's guiding us through that crisis. But to be honest with you, the state, as a state, is collapsing. So there's no. There is no help from the from the government. Even if I have, if someone is sending, if someone is sending any type of help, forty percent now of that the government is taking away from us. Forty percent, which is four zero, is like I mean, it's very alarming, and and there is a lot of violence, and there is uh, we are receiving a lot of widespread reports of people being harassed for more food for to have access to, to certain medications. So um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really moment where the country is really depriving and, and skilled people, they have no jobs. Uh, so there's no even way to boost the economy. Uh, so we just have to kind of, you know, um, think that maybe one day everything will be fine. But I see a lot of hunger hotspots, that's how we call it, hunger hotspots where we're actually, you know, we have to deal with that type of situation. The government gave up on us, Mr. Carlos. Is there any help at all from, you know, the United Nations or any of those groups? So, United Nations, what they're trying to do, they try to go to the south um, to help uh, to help uh, Muslim communities in the south. Like, but everyone forgot we have a lot of Christians on the north um, part of Lebanon. So it looks like the help is provided and profiled by religion or communities. Uh, but I saw it before. I, at some point, accepted the idea that maybe it's going to be us. I mean, people like you, myself, and our friends who are supporting our um, our uh, nonprofit organizations in Francis uh, in Beirut. That's the only way to help Christians because if, if everyone is helping the South. 
and we have no Christians in the South, so you understand who's helping who. So in this case, it's going to be just us, I'm afraid so. And I mean, Beth was asking this question, is the Vatican doing anything? So what they do, they try to... It's funny because the uh, the, the nuns, the apostolic nuns told me once, they, and I quote, they monitor the situation. So they're a monitoring situation uh, to see how things are. And I said, I don't think it's, it's not just to, to monitor because... Um, there is a lot of you know economic issues, but also social and 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 community issues. So we can just we can just monitor the situation. We have to do something about it. Um, they said that they they sent a lot of help uh, to to um, the government, and I told them that was your first mistake. You should never send anything to anybody's government because money will disappear and help will this help will disappear. I give you an example. We received a lot of prize. From from a German uh, from a German government. Now this rice that was for free, it's on the market. So you have to you have to pay for something that was provided to you for free. And uh, and with the price of food and essential goods is rising, uh, hyperinflation, the collapse of banking system, the socioeconomic crisis, even the rise uh, the, the rise in the price of grains and vegetables. This is something that we have to do on a daily basis. So why would you, so why would you send help to, uh, to the government knowing that the government is actually stealing from people? There is a lot of, to be honest with you, uh, uh, I send you once email a little bit dramatic in a way that there is a, a tremendous psychological crisis, the legal and social assistance service crisis. People are upset, uh, they're concerned. Christians, they feel like nobody, nobody needs them. And I'm telling them that's not true. We do day by day. We try to do something day by day. So uh, the situation is it's, it's really it's really critical. And of course, to have the support uh, any support is crucial and it's very important. Otherwise, there's some kind of, I call it a social emptiness and uncertainty where suddenly people, they feel nobody nobody wants us, nobody think about us. So I keep my hope alive, but once you give your help to government, forget it. It's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to disappear. I hate to say it this way. Is there any good news? Oh, yes. Yes. So um, that was with my another email I sent you, uh, Mr. Connors and Beth and Michael, when I when I was able to bring some food from Jordan and from Turkey. Uh, so I was using the used uh, I was using the used um, ambulance, and it's kind of it's, the irony is I supposed to use that car that I bought thanks to you to all our friends who gave us uh, their financial support for St. Francis in Beirut. Um, non-profit organization. When I bought it, it was for medical equipment and medications. Now I'm just distributing food, but that's the situation we have to deal with and coordinating things. So, so the good thing is actually we are trying to. So, we, we what we try, we try to give everyone one meal per day, and that was my my biggest concern. Are we going to be able to do so? So, so far, yes, we are able to provide one meal per day, per person. So, um, and of course, Lebanon's, uh, Lebanese crisis is affecting everyone, and it's everywhere across the country. Uh, it's, it's a burden, of course, uh, but also I do believe that, you know, once there is nothing, 
somehow, miraculously, unexpectedly, we have help. And this is also fantastic. And this is also my very big thank you to you, Mr. Connors, Beth, and Michael, and to everyone who's helping us through St. Francis in Assisi, St. Francis in Beirut, um, non-profit organization, because that's the only way I was able to not just buy things for the medical equipment, but also to buy food, to pay for it. So there's a lot of, yeah, that's a good news, actually. It's a good news that I was able to provide one meal per day per person. After, you know, almost, now it's, it's over six months with a food crisis. So, um, yeah, let's let's keep our op- hope alive. But it's not easy, to be honest with you. And I'm mentally drained, to be honest with you. I'm mentally drained sometimes. And um, in, in my email, I wrote you that everyone needs to be helped, but there's no way to help everyone. Uh, like in, in one week, it, it takes time. It takes time. So let's let's see how it goes. Um, are people, anybody talking about maybe um, trying to immigrate someplace, or does everybody want to stay there? Well, that would be that's a great question. The issue is most of those consulates are closed because of the crisis, and um, most of people who would love to travel, they have no financial sources to do so, especially not Christians from the north. Because if you think about Lebanon, which is, I would say, um, you have to have a tremendous amount of money even to apply for a visa. Uh, to, and you have to prove that someone outside will take care of you, which is also very hard. Because even, I give an example, even to send an email, you have to wait for electricity. So how many people would love to send email? Many people, they don't even have access to the internet because they're not in the city. So for whoever wants to run away from, from the country, the option will be Jordan or Egypt, but there are poor countries as well. Nothing's gonna really drastically change. So, uh, um, and, I, and I think that war in Ukraine, the Ukrainian crisis showed us that actually, uh, and I didn't know that, that actually Lebanon has traditionally sourced 66% of the grain that is coming from Ukraine, and another 12 coming from, from Russia, you know? which is kind of interesting to know how how much food is actually coming from one or two countries only. So the reality is a little bit dramatic, and uh, and after years of, of work and dedication, uh, my brain sometimes is forcing me to shut down, but I, I usually say, no, we will make it. So the, again, the good news is that we did our best to provide one meal per day per person, and this is fantastic. If people will have a chance to leave the country, it'll be great. But they have no sources, they have no incomes, they have no they have no place to go because everything is closed. Right. Now I know it's not your first priority, but a lot of your friends here in the states would love to see you again, and you know maybe we can have some kind of fundraiser to help you out. Do you have any target date, or is it just too chaotic? Over there? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, so um, the plan was November seventeenth, right? Yes. Uh, dear do I remember well? No, that's you remember very well. Yes. So, so that's still in, within the plan. What I'm trying to do, I will, I'm going to talk to a, a Maronite bishop uh, here because what I would love to do is to at September, but I would say maybe um, maybe mid October. Um, to come to to New York 
and just and just be around and talk about the situation. Just tell me about it. Um, if you remember, Michael, I sent you a few videos and 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 informations and and photos. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and that, we're, we're yeah, that was yeah, that was our reality right before the food crisis. And but yes, absolutely. So my goal is to come and was to be in the U.S. around like mid October, in October, maybe by the end of September. But really up to the situation here, because again, once I have a little bit of money. I want to buy food first, and the flight will, will be a different story. But yes, that's my goal. Absolutely, the end of September, mid October. Absolutely. I mean, is it is there any way just to send food directly? No. So not from not from your not from your not from the US, because uh, cargo will cost you a fortune. Okay. What we do we do because Jordan and Turkey they still have. A tremendous resources for like wheat or bread or, or like simple food that they um, they still have it and they have it only because they they're all provided with that food security by many organizations for the refugees right so we can still use that type of resources uh, sending food from the US to Beirut there's no technical possibility and also for from the legal perspective you cannot send that type of food um, to a Middle Eastern country because the, remember Lebanon is under under Hezbollah right. and they they told everyone that you know we don't need help and it, and and the help is coming from the outside and they and they see it's a stamp from the and the Western country they will just steal it they will mm -hmm. take it away mm -hmm. so what, what I do I usually use that option with Jordan and and Turkey to uh, to go to these two countries and, and just collect uh, and collect food. There's a tremendous amount of Christians also in Jordan and Turkey who are trying to collect food, but there are also poor people, you know what I'm saying, Beth and Mr. Connors and Michael, who's helping us tremendously because I, I, I want to pay them. So I feel like I'm paying another poor family that is actually sharing Suddenly, that they, they don't really have a lot, right. but they're still sharing whatever they have with the Christian community. And it, it makes me cry at some point because I see how little they have, because I see those families in Jordan, especially. And, and it, it, it gets me emotional in a way that they're literally sharing whatever they have to help the Christian community in, in Lebanon. So, so that's, that's how we operate here. That's how we operate, and I want to pay them because I know one day they will exchange dollars into their local currency. At least they can they can pay for for medication. They can pay for for their own food. They can pay for any um, expenses they have. Because also I'm using their house to stay overnight. Uh, I'm using the fuel and everything. So that's how I distribute money uh, to pay for. So that's that's how we operate here. I have two questions. One, yes, love. Mm -hmm. one about how many people do you feel like you're responsible for right now, and how much does it cost each month to provide mm -hmm. the food for those people? Yes, that's a great question. So, without even noticing, I realized I think three or four weeks ago that um, we are helping around 600 families in different locations. So each family is about uh, six to seven people because elderly are a part of that family. So um, 
for for one family per month food now with the pricing that we have just for one family let's say for five six people for one family per month um if there is anything between um 200 and 250 dollars that's that's the amount that is enough to help one family between 200 and 250 because of the inflation so food is really expensive but this is for to to for one month for five six people what i'm what i'm trying to figure out sometimes yeah it might be it might be more personal and if if we could pair a family here in the united states with a family over there oh yes like ad- adoption kind of idea right. like to help you know you so out. if we know each month one you know they get to know each other yes absolutely Would yes that that's be a great possible? idea that's a great idea that's a great idea that that's something that is really interesting to to think and to start to go for but that sounds promising and fascinating that okay okay yes we have, Absolutely. You know, Just to give you a scope, because uh, because you are so between 200 and 250 per month for five six people, that's the amount that they that they spend. Okay. Yes. Because some, sometimes that's easier for someone to appreciate if they know exactly what they're yes. what you're able to do with that. I mean. Absolutely. Um, yes, and okay. also absolutely, you're absolutely right, and I'm very happy to provide all those details. Um, what we have to deal with, uh, especially these days, it's, it's anger. Because of that food crisis, you have long queues uh, formed outside of any bread store. People are more impatient now. And um, so, you know, everyone is frustrated. Well, what's going to happen if, if you run out of food? Yes. What yes, and, for are we looking at a future where it's just going to get worse and worse? That's why, well, that's why I was trying to figure out if there's any way to send food, but maybe not. Well, the, the issue is that it was way easier to operate with medications or medical equipment to transport with food because it's organic. There's so many restrictions, so many laws, so many you know limits. So we figured out that the, the easiest way will be to use the neighboring country like Jordan or Turkey and just and just um, going back and forth. Because, uh, yes, everyone is, 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 is kind of angry and upset. But you have to feed people, no matter no matter how, how right. angry you are. Right. People need to eat, you know, at least one meal per, per day. So this is our situation. But I, I truly believe that wherever our, our listeners are uh, who are listening to, to our radio show, uh, I'm sure they do already. They do understand the gravity of the situation, and and sometimes maybe you know they need just extra uh, motivation to say, hey, I'm gonna help that family. So, so that's why I'm happy to provide all these details and and operate that way, which now be, I mean, fantastic. Okay. Um, if you if you come up with a, will you know? Obviously, when you get here, and the people, uh, our friends here, your friends here, 
are able yes. to say hi to you again. We can pray together. Um, yes. If you, I'm, I'm, I might pose the the adopt a family essentially yes. um, thing to a couple of people and and see see what we can come up with. Okay. Absolutely, absolutely, and I really appreciate that. And uh, I do believe that there is a lot of uh, miracles happening all around. Uh, and uh, yes, I think we just we just have to get things done and and keep running. Um, of course, the, the the any war is always unjustified and always uh, bad. But what's happening with Ukraine and how it's actually in a huge impact or, or food security in Lebanon, um, it's, it's really alarming. So um, I'm glad that we at least we understand what we have and how do we operate. And, yeah, we are trying to do our best here. But on a daily basis, Beth and Mr. Connors and Michael, what, what, what makes my brain sometimes drained or even like, you know, empty, is that anger that people have, lack right. of patience. But I do understand once you're hungry, you're angry. Right, right. You know, because there's no food, something that should be basic and available to, to everyone. So that's something that I, I do understand, but sometimes it's not easy, especially where, where people are making comments or they're, they're just, they can be also physically violent. Right, right. Yes. Now, is there a water problem? I think you mentioned that earlier. Is there a problem? Yes, yes, because we have uh, the water we have is actually it's actually connected to our southern neighbors, uh, so it's very polluted. Um, when Hezbollah is using all those military, you know, service, you know, they 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 kind of trash things in, into that water, so the quality of this water is just miserable. Uh, but still, that's the moment where the government should say something, but the government is very silent. So everyone, no one wants to, you know, upset anybody. Right. And, and that's what it is. So it is kind of um, a combination of a lot of factors. But I do believe that um, we'll make it. It's just it's just a question of time and, and figure it out uh, with, with the gospel how to process things. You you also but, said there's a problem with the energy getting energy. Yes, because the electricity is only a few hours per per day. So even if you want to, let's say, if you want to cook something for the great amount of people, you need some technology to do this. That the government is taking away from you electricity. How are you gonna prepare things? How are you gonna transport them? How are you gonna keep them cold? You know for to keep the freshness of that food, because sometimes in the car I spend hours and hours. Um, even for like a small generators, I'm, I'm using a lot of fuel now because everyone is asking, everyone needs some help. But if we, that would be great to have electricity 24-7. That would be simplify a lot of things. But we don't have that option. So mm -hmm. it's a lot of, as I said before, a lot of factors that are actually making life a little bit more challenging. Well, let's see how it goes. You know, after 20 some years, I, I've learned that we have to do day by day, uh, Beth, Mr. Thomas and Michael, day by day, and just, you know, I don't do long prayers. So I just ask God, God if, if we can just help someone today. Let's do this right away. So let's, let's do this. All right. Listen, our prayers are with you. You want to give us a blessing for, for the listeners on the show? Absolutely. Absolutely, of course. 
may, lo- may Lord our God and our light guide all of us through the dark moment. Uh, may his blessing will, will help us to heal, to understand, and to accept that sometimes life is about choices. Uh, may his presence will guide you through all our problems, issues for us, for our family members. And uh, may his blessing also open our minds and our hearts to see where people are in need. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right. End the recording, Michael, and we'll go from there. Do you know how many Christians live in the Middle East? Six million people. Do you know how many Christians need your help? Every single one. Do you know what we can do? With St. Francis in Beirut, we can give them hope. We can give them medicines. We can give them medical equipment. We can give them everything they're looking for because some others decided to remove Christianity from the Middle East. But if we will help them every single day, not just to feed them or clothing, it's all about giving them another day with the idea that they are recognized, that we love them, there are cousins, sisters, there are roots. So, St. Francis in Beirut, it's all about helping Christians. And you can be part of that help too. If you want to help Father Paul in his mission, send your donations to St. Francis in Beirut, 213 Stanton Street, New York, New York, 10002. I'm in a good place in my life. And I'm energized by new adventures. I've got friends to laugh with. And a good relationship. But even though I'm kind of comfortable, I sometimes wonder... Is there something more? Could God in church be what you're looking for? Come and see at CatholicsComeHome.com. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. The Guild for Exceptional Children, or GEC, has been providing excellent care to children and adults with developmental disabilities since 1958. It is our mission to help build better lives and brighter futures for the people in our care. We serve nearly 1,000 individuals each day and are proud that 90 cents of every dollar is used for actual services. Please visit www.gecbklyn.org or call 718-833-6633 to learn more. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. Uh, this time I'm accompanied by my son, Michael. Hello, everyone. And for those of you just joining us, or the, the end of the last conversation was with Father Paul. Father Paul is a priest and physician. He's a Capuchin friar, and he's got a vow of poverty. And as you can hear, he's in desperate straits right now. So and, and and here's the thing, his budget, his operating budget is not very high. So he can make a little bit of money go a long way because one, he doesn't collect a salary of any kind whatsoever. He's get paid about four hundred dollars four hundred euros, I'm sorry, a month. 
from his order. So the money all goes to his parishioners, his flock in Lebanon. So, and, and I mean, here's a guy with, with three doctorate degrees who could probably make $200,000 in a lot of universities around the country. And he's working in a vow of poverty in service of our Lord for about 400 euros a, a month. So again, any money you contribute to Father Paul, it all goes to Father Paul. There's, that charity has virtually no operating expenses. I mean, postage is probably the biggest operating expense it has. So a little bit of money can go a long way. So if if right now you find it in your heart to give something to Father Paul and his mission, St. Francis at Beirut, you know, give us a call, you know, Connors and Sullivan, we can get the money to him. Um, it's, it's not that hard. Any check is, is really appreciated. And you know, a few people have, in, in the last few months, a number of you, and I'm very grateful for this, a number of you decided to leave Father Paul's mission into your wills. And again, you know, the mission is there for the long run. It's not going to be there. You know, we yes, they could use money tomorrow, but, you know, probably there are going to be problems in the Middle East for 20 years. And I'm sure the money is going to be useful 20 years from now. And so if, if you want to do a, a will and you want to leave something to Father Paul, St. Francis in Beirut, Father Paul may not be there, but the mission I'm sure is going to be there. They're going to be Christians in the Middle East, I hope, for the next hundred years. And they're going to need your help over that hundred years. So if you want to add something in your will, please do so. If you want to come in and and talk to me about it at Connors and Sullivan, we can talk about it. Phone number again is 718 718- Two three eight sixty five hundred seven one eight two three eight sixty five hundred. Now, if you have any questions, Michael, where do they email us a question on it? If you want to email us a question, you can go to askmikeconnors at gmail.com. That's askmikeconnors at gmail.com. And you know, we didn't we we did talk a little bit about estate planning, you know, earlier today with uh, Daniela. But if, if somebody's interested in estate planning, we have seminars. In the end of October, Michael, do we have the dates on that? All right. So on October 24th, we have a seminar in Queens at the Adria Hotel, 22117 Northern Boulevard, Bayside, New York, 11361. And then October 25th, Manhattan at the 3 West Club, 3 West 51st Street, New York, New York. 10019, 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. October 26th, Brooklyn, the Greenhouse Cafe. 7717, 3rd Avenue, Brooklyn, New York. 11209, 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 7 p.m. And finally, on October 27th, we have Staten Island at Bocelli's. 1250 Highland Boulevard. 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Staten Island, New York. All right. Now, if you do want to see a seminar, you can't go to anyone in the seminars and you still want to see the seminar, uh, you can get, where can you get it on YouTube or how do you get the seminar, Michael? Go to YouTube.com and search, ask the lawyer, just search Connors and Sullivan video seminar on YouTube.com. And you should see Dad right there, first result, 
Connors and Sullivan video seminar. Remember, Connors is spelled C-O-N-N-O-R-S. It's not C-O-N-N-E-R-S. It's C-O-N-N-O-R-S. In the meanwhile, we'll see you next week at the same times and stations. Thank you for listening to Ask the Boy. Thanks so much for joining us. Are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, but when people become ill and need to go to a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain their assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. Connors and Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. Call today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't let nursing home bills take your life's savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Don't wait another minute. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. That's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.